Welcome to the Life Care Services Health Services Division podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined again by Beth Laurie, Compliance Director and Corporate Compliance Officer for Life Care Services. Beth is charged with overseeing the healthcare compliance programs for skilled nursing facilities. Today's program is part five of our 10-part series, where we are reviewing the CMS Compliance and Ethics Program. So welcome back, Beth. Thanks, Laura. As you know, I started this 10-part series way back in March of this year. Started, uh, I started with the introduction of why we need this program and the elements of the CMS final rule compliance and ethics program that constitute its foundation. So before we jump into the uh, meat of today's, today's topic, could you do a quick refresher on the specific elements of the program? Absolutely. Uh, Just as a reminder, the effective date is November 28, 2019. That's when every nursing facility must have in place a compliance and ethics program. Developing and implementing a compliance and ethics program requires at a minimum that it address eight elements. And these eight elements are, number one, standard policies and procedures. Number two, high-level compliance officer. Number three, sufficient resources number four, due diligence, number five, effective communication, number six, reasonable steps to achieve compliance, number seven, consistent enforcement, and number eight, responsiveness. Great. And today's topic, we are going to be looking at element number four, which is due diligence. So Beth, go ahead and uh, let's talk about the details of what our listeners need to know about element four, which is due diligence. Oh, sure. So the nursing home has to use due care not to delegate discretionary authority to individuals whom the nursing home knows or should have known had a propensity to engage in criminal, civil, or administrative violations under the Social Security Act. Okay, so that's a pretty big statement. So how can nursing homes exercise due diligence? Um, several ways. For one, the nursing home can review the OIG list of excluded individuals and entities, which is known as the LEIE, and there is also the SAM Excluded Parties List System, EPLS. SAM is the Systems of Award Management. It formerly was under GSA, so if people hear GSA, it's the same thing. Um, the other, and, and they check those lists to make sure the individual is not on it. If the individual is on it, they can't use that individual. Uh, The other thing the nursing facility can do is check references prior to hiring somebody. Uh, They should always investigate any allegations of wrongdoing. And and so, for instance, if the compliance officer has had allegations of wrongdoing um, launched against him or her, that should be investigated. Uh, Another um, thing the nursing home can do is they can work with the HR, the human resources, people to devise policies and procedures, um, background checks for fraud or abuse, and when and how often to conduct them. So here at LCS, um, our human resources department's practice is to require any current employee who is on the Office of Inspector General's list or is charged with a criminal offense, either a serious misdemeanor or felony, to immediately notify their supervisor or the human resources department. And then according to the policy, the employee will be immediately placed on administrative leave or removed from the premise until the matter is resolved. If the charge is dropped, the employee will be returned to duty and the employee will be allowed to return to his or her 
previous position if it's still available. If an employee fails to notify Life Care Services, um, it's grounds for immediate termination. Also, Life Care Services will periodically check the OIG website and will retain on file for the life of the file the results of its inquiry. Okay, so we, we understand what we do at Life Care Services. Um, why would a nursing home need to do these checks? Well, three reasons, uh, the law, money, and reputational damage. Providers and contracting entities have an affirmative duty, meaning they must act, not be uh, reactive, to check the program exclusion status of individuals and entities before entering into an employment or contractual relationship. Civil monetary penalties can be imposed against a nursing home that employs or enters into contracts with excluded individuals for the provision of services or items to federal program beneficiaries, which would be the residents. Any items and services furnished by an excluded individual or entity are not reimbursable under the federal health care programs. No federal program payment may be made to cover an excluded individual's salary, expenses, or fringe benefits, regardless of whether or not they provide direct patient care. Hiring or retaining an individual who is excluded is a practice that would not be well received by residents, staff, shareholders, the government, or our industry trade associates. So so I like that. If we just remember the law, the money, and reputational damages, we're good there. So, so you know, earlier you talked about checking the list, the L-E-I-E and the E-P-L-S. And by the way, thank you for the clarification um, that that's also the GSA is what we used to know it as. Um, I wasn't aware of that it changed. So that was a that was a good little tip there for us. But uh, how often should our nursing homes conduct these checks? Ideally, every month. And I realize that's burdensome, but if a nursing home does it once a year, as an example, and discovers an individual has been excluded, there is a potential overpayment issue because remember, they can't pay the salary of an excluded individual. And if that's gone on for several months, that's going to be very costly. If they had done the check monthly, the potential overpayment would be much more manageable. Well, that's really good information. And, you know, due diligence, um, as with the other elements, is really, really important. And I, and I really want to thank you for um, making that very clear um, and really taking due diligence and explaining it to us today. So, um, again, another short and sweet um, program on the compliance and ethics. So, Beth, thank you so much for joining us. And I would like to thank our listeners also. Next month's program, we are going to be discussing Element five, which is effective communication. So thanks again, Beth. It was great talking to you. And yeah, and that's all the time we have today. So I hope everyone joins us next time. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.